passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Domingo Santana. Ooh, I wanna have ya. Tanakas, Fakata, Jag, like Michael Waka, Polanco, and Franco. Happy Kokomo Friday, and welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today, September 18th. Frank Stanfield alongside Scott White. And you know, back when we were doing pods in April and May, in the middle of lockdown, I honestly did not know if we would get here. But look at us, Scott, prepping for the championship week. It's been a fun first season. Yeah, your, your first season. It's been, it's been uh, atypical, for sure. Atypical in many ways. Uh, I'm 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 glad we've made it here. I'm glad we've made it here. I don't think anybody's concerned about the season not being completed at this point. There is still some question of whether all teams will complete all of their games, which we'll get into as we're previewing the final week. But the season is going to end as scheduled, and uh, a champion is going to be crowned in your league. And hopefully, it is. You, not you, Scott. Well, you too. Of just you know, if you're as Man. long as you're not going against me. Look, I am barely hanging on in tout wars. Scott, I think you got to take I, it. You got to take it home. I, I I think last I looked, somebody had tied me tonight, and it wasn't even the one who'd been nipping at my heels the last week. Now there are like four of us oh. jockeying for that top spot, each with over a hundred points, and. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting I'm getting a little nervous. I'm getting a little nervous. Shane Bieber gave up those two runs in the eighth inning tonight, and I was like, eh, I don't need that, Shane. You know what's so funny about that is Shane Bieber still had a fantastic start, and I was right there with you, man. Just so greedy in my home points league. I'm like, just get through the inning. Don't give up any runs. I need every last point that I could possibly get, and we're, we're just being yeah. greedy. But hey, that's this is that time of year where every single point counts every stat counts especially in roto leagues so give yourself a pat on the back if you've made it this far it's been a crazy season we've had some underperformers christian yelich cody bellinger what is going on we've had overperformers. it really has been a wild year and a wild fantasy baseball season at that so uh, it's been really fun but let's get into it today on the show of course we're going to go over the two start pitcher rankings as we do every Friday here. Uh, championship week preview, of course. The Yankees, look, I had to break out the jersey again because, like, this is just, it's just getting silly at this point. Of course, I look, we've got to talk about the Yankees, everything that they're doing. Uh, and then Thursday, studs, duds, somewhere in between, and Friday streamers. Let's kick things off with some of those two-star pitchers. We spoke about some of the names on yesterday's podcast, got names that might have been available on the waiver wire, but let's kick it off. Um, you know, who are you looking at? Who are some of your favorite names that are rostered in under 80% of leagues? Some good matchups, guys that you might actually be interested in playing with everything on the line. We're talking specifically two-star pitchers here. Yep. Well, there, there, there's actually a large class of sleepers and kind of deeper sleepers. I, the deeper sleepers I, I usually just consider for, for points leagues. It's actually a pretty large group for this week, but I will caution you the last week of the season is, is typically not so reliable as far as pitching matchups go, and in particular two start pitchers, because as seating is determined for the playoffs, um, it becomes more imperative for, for, for teams to 
get their rotations in line, line them up for the postseason. And so you see particularly high-end pitchers as the week's coming to a close, and they, they, they either get their start skipped or maybe they'll, they'll just pitch an inning or two. That's how it typically works. But, of course, this season is anything but typical, and particularly with the playoff field being expanded so much, I'm, I'm not really sure how it's going to play out. Like, there are a lot more teams competing for something. How much those teams are going to care about seeding versus just whether they make the playoffs or not, uh, I, 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 I'm not sure. But uh, for the most part, I think this is going to affect the higher-end guys that you want to consider sitting anyway. Like Shane Bieber is in line for two starts. If he makes just one, you know, you're obviously still starting Shane Bieber. Lucas Giolito, I think, is in that boat. Uh, somebody like Adam Wainwright probably is, and, and he's, he's a little more borderline whether you start him in a one-start week. That Must first start. start would be... What must start two star pitcher well, if he is a two star pitcher? If he makes two starts, right. if he makes two starts, and the fact that Dakota Hudson hurt his elbow tonight doesn't look like a serious injury, but it might, it might knock him out early in the playoffs. So if in the, if the Cardinals are are in the running there, you know they might need they might need Wainwright to start game two or or maybe even game one. Who knows? Uh, so that's that's just something to keep in mind it, as you're setting your lineups this week. If if you can't trust. If you wouldn't want the guy in, if he's making only one start, you probably shouldn't start him just because he's scheduled for two. So with that being said, my favorite two-start pitcher who is, he's actually widely available, is a guy we talked about yesterday, Brady Singer. And I'm glad we're getting a chance to talk about him again because as we've, as we've mentioned several times this year, we're, we're doing these podcasts late at night this year. Uh, typically in years past, it would be in the morning. So, I mean, obviously there's some upside to doing it late at night. You get the pod, you get to listen to the podcast earlier. I get to get a good night's sleep. Um, but the downside is that, you you know, we're kind of hurrying through the box scores and we're having to react very immediately to what happened. And so I I got a chance to look into Brady Singer more and, uh, dropping the changeup and basically just going fastball slider the last two starts, like that's that's by design. He's working on tunneling those two pitches, uh, which means like getting them to follow a similar trajectory. And when they change direction, it's too late for the batter to, like the, the batter has to commit before he's really seen which one it's going to be. And he's been, you know, he's tunneling them very well, obviously, because he's been near unhittable his last two starts and he gets St. Louis and Detroit. Obviously the Royals aren't in contention for anything. So I'm pretty confident singer will make those two starts and he looks like a great choice. My second favorite choice he's 72% rostered and it suddenly looks really risky because it's Seth Lugo who got pounded by the Phillies here on Thursday night, gave up four home runs, I believe. And like his his transition from the bullpen to his starting role had gone so well up to that point. I mean, his previous start was less than amazing. He gave up three earned runs in five innings, but still, it wasn't it wasn't like worrisome in any way. And so to see him get shelled like that, it 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 obviously uh, it obviously makes you nervous. Heading into the most important week, his matchups are Tampa Bay and Washington. Washington obviously favorable. Tampa Bay not so much. Uh, there's nothing good I can say about tonight's start. It was, it was awful. Um, And the fastball velocity was down like a mile per hour. So I don't know if, if being stretched out like he is, if if it is starting to impact his stuff, it maybe it is. I I still think, I still think he's among the more attractive two start pitchers out there. I don't know if you feel differently. Frank, if you want to go near him after tonight's start. I can't do it. I can't start yeah. him. But what I will say is, outside of Brady Singer, I agree. You know, If Brady Singer is available, I would drop Seth Lugo for Brady Singer. But outside of that, a lot of the names on this list that are below 80% roster on CBS, I'm not really all that excited about. So something that we recommended on yesterday's podcast was pick these guys up so that your opponent cannot have them. So if Singer is not available... I might just hold Seth Lugo just so that my opponent cannot pick him up and use him against me, if that makes sense. But either way, like I don't want him in my lineup. Based on what I saw on Thursday night, 
you mentioned he allowed four home runs. He allowed back-to-back-to-back home runs in the first inning, and he he only recorded five outs, and he allowed six earned runs. That's Seth Lugo. So I with everything on the line, I don't think that I can trust Seth Lugo. But I don't blame you for you know putting him in this category because there's, there's, there's really not a lot of great names heading into the well, final. And, and look how quickly Pablo Lopez turned things around after that disastrous start against the Braves. I mean, just starts like this happens sometimes. And if if you believe in the skill set, then you shouldn't let them. They should, you shouldn't let them phase you so much. But you know, Lugo kind of unproven in starting role. I, I get the fear there. Uh, if if you want to go a little deeper, now these are options I recommend more just for points leagues. But you know, if you know what you're playing for in a categories league at this point, you know what categories you need to catch up in. And you know, if it's if you're if you're chasing totals instead of ratios, maybe it makes sense to play some of these guys in that format too. But it, it would include Tariq. Tarek Skubal of the Tigers, whose last start was his best so far. And he should make both of his starts at Minnesota. It's kind of iffy there at Kansas City. That's really good. Uh, Zach Davies, he's actually rostered in a high number of leagues. He shouldn't be, but (laughs) he looks like an okay option for this week. Kyle Freeland, I could say the same thing about him at San Francisco, at Arizona. So two starts away from Coors Field. He He actually had an okay start at Coors Field on Thursday. Uh, Caleb Smith versus Texas versus Colorado. He's only two starts into his return from the IL, so not fully stretched out, but he might get there in those two starts. And then a guy who's, you know, really going deep here. He's, he's rostered in 7% of leagues, but I'm kind of interested is Drew Smiley of the Giants versus Colorado. And versus San Diego. So he's going to be at home in San Francisco for those two matchups. And like he keeps going four innings, but he keeps getting like seven and eight strikeouts and the velocity's up. He's getting a lot of whiffs. Uh, you know, he just, he recently returned from injury too. So there's a chance I think he might start to go deeper at just the right time. But certainly if you're chasing strikeouts and, you know, he's in line for two stars, you don't necessarily need a win from him, but you need strikeouts. Drew Smiley is 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 a sneaky pickup, I think. Yeah, I would say, you know, Roto only, maybe head-to-head categories if you need the strikeouts. As you mentioned, his past three either starts or relief appearances, he has at least seven strikeouts in each of them, uh, and he has a 3.94 ERA and a 1.19 whip on the season. Again, that is Drew Smiley. So someone that can give you the strikeouts, but in a points league, not really going to give you volume. He has not... Gone more than four innings in any of his starts this season. All right, Scott, I'm going to throw a few names your way. These names are all under 80% rostered on CBS, and you tell me whether or not you would use them in a two-star week. The most important two-star week. Mike Miner at the Dodgers and versus Seattle. He is 68% rostered. Nope. Kyle Freeland, you already mentioned, is kind of sneaky. Robbie Ray. No, we're not doing this right. I'm not even going to. I don't even actually have him down for two starts. Which, right, forget you know, it. It's not a... It's not abnormal to have some disagreement the Thursday before. Yesterday, we were just talking about, or yesterday or two days ago, we were talking about Urquidy as a great two-start option. Uh, There are some disagreements among the projected starters around the internet, but I think Urquidy's going Sunday, which would make him just a one-start option. Still a pretty good one going against Texas, Mm -hmm. but not a two-start pitcher, I don't think. Yeah, and I would still love that matchup against Texas because we just saw what he did against them this week, a couple of nights ago. And if you started him for that start and you get his extra, you know, his second start this week, I think that's great as well. Obviously, you'd rather have the two-star week for next week, but it is what it is. Uh, Cole Hamels, we mentioned, we don't really want to do that, right? It's the Marlins and the Red Sox, 39% rostered. Good matchups, but no, he didn't, he didn't show enough in that first start. Uh, Scooble, you already mentioned. Austin Voth. He was actually solid on Wednesday. Hasn't really been good all season. He's going against the Phillies and the Mets. 21% rostered. Austin Voth, actually. Voth. Yeah. Voth the Raven. Nevermore. And that's how likely I would be to start him. Nevermore? Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Gibson at the Angels and versus the Houston Astros. Scott, coming off a complete game. Um, I'm sorry. I, what was the name? <laughs> Kyle Gibson. 
I was de- I was debating how stupid that sounded. <laughs> the nevermore. <laughs> the nevermore thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. He's he, don't start him. Ronaldo Lopez. I'm not even going to ask you. Keegan Aiken. Like what <laughs> we saw, favorite. but like I I rank all the two star pitchers. He's Keegan Aiken. Aiken is my favorite of the ones I would not start for whatever that's worth. <laughs> So maybe maybe in deeper leagues, he is only 10% rostered. I don't really like the matchups at Boston and at Toronto slash Buffalo, but Keegan Aiken was great in his most recent start against the Braves. The last name that I'll mention, maybe, maybe sneaky. I don't know if this person's going to make another start, but normally a reliever hybrid player for the Cincinnati Reds, Michael Lorenzen, on Wednesday against the Pirates, he pitched five innings, one run, six strikeouts, and apparently... He's going against the Brewers and at the Twins next week. He is 6% rostered. Any interest, Scott? Maybe deeper leagues. He's second among the group of two-star pitchers. I wouldn't start. <laughs> <laughs> no, he looked really good in, in his start this week, but it's just, you know, he's, he's been kind of a kind of a good but not great reliever the past couple years, and it's just it's just it's too big of a gamble for me. I think you'd have to be in a really desperate spot uh, in, in championship week, few people are in quite that desperate of a spot. All right, we have some more championship preview coming up a little bit later on, but what happened on Thursday? Oh my good, goodness gracious! Hey Scott, did you hear? Yes. Well, oh, oh, you heard? Oh, did I mess you up? No, I haven't heard. Oh, I was just going to tell you about Aaron Nola, how bad he oh, was on Thursday. Okay. No, All right. Save the Yankees for a little bit later on. Uh, but Aaron Nola, what happened here? Five and a third, five hits, five earned, five walks, seven strikeouts against the Mets. Easily his worst start of the season. I will point out that the Mets kind of hit Nola a little bit two starts ago too. So, you know, maybe I think that was like this is the third time that they've seen him this season. So, all right, they've seen him a few times. The Mets kind of adapting to Aaron Nola in his breakout season. We we got some really bad starts this week when we need the most, you know, Jack Flaherty the other day and now Aaron Nola. I don't think there's really anything to see here, Scott, but I just think it was worth noting. Um, this was the bad Nola that we saw last year with all the walks. Yeah, and he'd been so good. Like I'm looking at the last four starts especially. Well, one of them wasn't so good, but three of them were just amazing. Three of them were Bieber-like. So that's a shame. That's a shame. So no concern, we're still... If you manage to squeak by even with him in your lineup, we're starting him with confidence in the championship week. Mm -hmm. All right. Who do you have as a Thursday standout? Thursday standout. How about we talk about Mr. Byron Buxton? Mm. Two ding-dongs. That gives him four in his last three games. It gives him 12, I believe, on the season. And it might... This might be the best version of Byron Buxton we've seen yet. I mean, certainly the kind of tear he's on right now, the overall numbers look mighty nice. They look kind of like eh, kind of like a typical Eddie Rosario season, I'd say. Uh, now I, I don't I don't think he's becoming a stud. And we talked about him earlier this week. Like he it, it looks like he's really selling out hard for power at this point. Fly ball rate, which went up quite a bit last season. It's up even more. He's not walking at all. He's not even really running much as fast as he is. Uh, but he's, you know, he's on a home run binge here. So that's that's obviously obviously preferable to the Buxton we've seen in years past. But it it there are limits on his upside if this is who he's going to be. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. I, I'm not expecting him to. I'm not expecting to rank him in even my top forty outfielders for next year at this point, because I just think I could come up with forty that I like more. But he is he is going to remain a name, especially when he's actually doing something. His OPP is two. He's he's batting two seventy. His OPP is two seventy two. I I was about to ask you. I was going to tell yeah. you his batting average and say, Scott, what would you say his OBP is? Because he has a zero point nine percent walk rate on the season. How many walks is that exactly? That would be one. He has one walk. <laughs> like this is not a joke. Byron Buxton has one walk on the season. But you know what? It's working for him. This is potentially the best version of him that we have seen. 
I brought up the chase rate the other day. He is chasing pitches outside the strike zone nearly 53% of the time. For his career, it is 34.5%. League average is normally around, you know, 30 to 32%. He is chasing pitches outside the strike zone 52.5%. With that being said, he is not striking out, you know, all that much. He's down to 23.7% strikeout rate for the season, Byron Buxton is. So, you're right. He's hot right now. I think you leave him in your lineups for over the week and you play in some daily leagues. But, Scott, I got to ask, he only plays five games next week, so... What do we do in a league where you know we might rely on volume? I don't, I don't know if you should leave him in there for just five games. Yeah, five games, one of which will be started by Trevor Bauer. Uh, so, kind of like four games. Yeah, I, I would rather not have to start him. I'm not saying he's must start everywhere, particularly those five outfielder leagues, particularly five outfielder leagues where you need home runs most of all. But yeah, it's 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 not it's not the it's it's certainly not the schedule you want him to have for the final week. Yeah, don't love that. Five outfielder leagues, I think it makes sense. You probably weren't starting him in a three outfielder league anyway, just because it's hard to get someone like Buxton in there. And a lot of those leagues are head-to-head points leagues, where obviously, given how little he walks, that's not his preferred format. So. I think five outfielder leagues, you can leave them in, but anything shallower than that, I think it does get a little bit tough in the five-game week. Some news and notes from Thursday. Stalling Marte was back in the lineup. He finished one for three with an RBI and his seventh stolen base of the season. Max Freed has been confirmed to return and start on Friday against the Mets. Scott, if you have the ability to start him in a daily lineup league, would you feel confident getting Freed right back in there? I would, actually. Yeah, I didn't miss enough time that I think... Buildup's going to be an issue, so I would. JT Real Muto remained out on Thursday with that hip issue. Joe Adele has set two of the last three games for the Angels, and Shohei Otani has not started five straight. Glaber Torres returned to the lineup and hit a home run. More on that in a bit. Teoscar Hernandez was back for the Blue Jays. He finished 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. An update here on Jacob deGrom dealing with that hamstring injury. He played catch and received treatment on Thursday. Manager Luis Rojas called it a, quote, positive day. Pay attention to Jacob deGrom's status. Over the weekend, his next turn in the rotation is supposed to be Monday, which would, of course, set him up for a two-start week in the championship week. Very pivotal. We can use deGrom, but got to make sure he's healthy because you don't want him leaving that start on Monday, and then you're kind of just left with nothing in the final week of the season. Yeah. I wonder... I mean, because the vets... The vets, <laughs> the Mets, could be very much in it or very much out of it by the time that second turn comes up for Degrom, you know. So they might just. Either way, like if if they've already clinched a spot or they've already been eliminated, like why wouldn't they just cancel the start? Something to keep in mind. That is a good point. So let's let's see what they do over the weekend. You know, they get a few wins in there. Climb themselves closer yep. towards towards that playoff push. So. You know, they might start him, assuming he's feeling fine. They might start him just in the hopes he can secure a third straight Cy Young, right? Because he kind of lost favored status with that last start. He's no longer the favorite for the Cy Young, but of course, very much in it. I don't know. It's 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 obviously something to wonder about, but I can't give you a definitive answer. You know what I have to say to that? Let's go! Let's go, Mets. Adam Eaton was placed on the 10-day IL with a fractured left index finger. He can be dropped in fantasy and adding insult to injury, literally. Austin Meadows was removed from game one of Thursday's doubleheader against the Orioles with left oblique soreness. That does not sound good. So if he lands on the IL, you could obviously drop Austin Meadows as well. Another one. You hate to see it at this point in the season. Mike Yastrzemski was removed from Thursday's game against the Mariners with right, right calf tightness. He'll undergo an MRI on Friday. Pay attention to the news on Yastrzemski heading into next week. And whatever we get, we will update you as well on Monday's podcast. Kevin Gosman dealing with that elbow injury, will start Saturday's game against the Oakland A's. And Dakota Hudson, we already mentioned this, but he left Thursday's game against the Pirates due to right elbow tightness. All right, Scott. Let's get back into this 
championship week preview. We normally save our week ahead, our look ahead, our preview for later on in the podcast on Fridays, but this isn't just any old week, you know. This is this is for everything. This is for the gold. Let's make it happen. Yes. The stakes are high. Okay, where are we going to start? Let's uh, let's start with this before we get into any streamers and sleepers. Any scheduling notes that we need to know about Scott because you brought up a very interesting scenario to me before the podcast, something that I hadn't even considered. So you can well, kind of allude to that and, you know, anything else that we need to know heading into the final week. Well, this this current this week we're currently in, remember there was a team with 10 teams, the Cardinals, there were a couple teams with 9 a team with 10 games, the Cardinals. There are a couple of teams with nine games. This week, more straightforward, a few eights. We got the Rockies, Brewers, Cardinals, of course, and Nationals with eight games. And we got a lot of sixes and sevens, and we got a couple fives. The fives are the Padres and the Twins, who we already mentioned. But there is a possibility the Cardinals, instead of playing eight games, end up playing 10. And the Tigers, instead of playing six games, end up playing eight. Because they're both only scheduled for 58 games right now. And depending on how things look in the, the playoff seating at the end of the week, if those games become necessary, and it's going to be for the Cardinals, not the Tigers, obviously. If, if it matters for where the, the Cardinals are placed. They will, it, it sounds like they're either going to play one or both of those games on Monday, the 28th, the day after the season purportedly ends. And there are fantasy ramifications to that. I don't exactly know what they are. <laughs> I, I, I know in commissioner leagues, like if you play the commissioner game on CBS, you, I'm confident you have the choice whether to count those or not. Uh, some of the free games, the prize games, uh, I, I suspect they wouldn't count just by default in those, but I, I don't know for sure. And you know, it might make a difference too, whether it's head-to-head or roto. They'd be more likely to count in a roto league. I, I don't know. I'm sure CBS is going to be in contact with with leagues if this scenario comes to play out and, um, you know, we'll present their options to them if there are any. But it's something to keep in mind. The season might not actually end on Sunday. And over this weekend, I will try to find clarity on that so that anyone who does play on CBS, we can let everyone know what's going on if there's one straightforward answer or if it's league-dependent where you can set up your rules that way. But just keep it in mind because the last thing you want is... Okay, Sunday, the final game ends. You think you won a championship, and then, boom, the next day you find out that there's a doubleheader between the Tigers and the Cardinals, and your opponent winds up with another start for a pitcher. Or, you know, they have a couple of hitters on those teams, and you wind up losing because of that. So just keep these things in mind. But I'll I'll try to find a definitive answer for that over the weekend, and we will get that in on Monday's podcast. First question, and I'm serious here, Scott. Do you start Jack Flaherty, who is at the Brewers, after seeing him get blown up in Miller Park this week, knowing that he struggled there last season as well. He's he's at Miller Park again? Yes. I do. Uh, You don't? I I think you have to, right? Like, How good does your rotation have to be to bench Jack Flaherty? Right. And I am Mr. Start Your Studs. Uh, I'd need a more compelling reason than that, to be honest. So, yeah, I'd start him. I understand if anyone has trepidation, though. Honestly, send us in your Jack Flaherty questions if you have them. Send in any questions. We'll answer some start sick questions on Monday as well. Help you guys. want to help you guys win your championship. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. Put championship question or championship, whatever. Championship lineup help. Something in, in the subject line, and we will answer your questions here on the show. All right, Scott, some single start streams. Say, if you would start them, where you might start them, deeper leagues, roto leagues, head-to-head points leagues, you let me know. There's some deeper names on this list as well. Carlos Martinez at Kansas City next week. No. Spencer Turnbull at Kansas City. No. Brad Keller versus the Tigers. 
probably maybe maybe not in a roto you know it depends what categories you're needing to fill there and obviously what your alternatives are but that doesn't sound like a bad play to me antonio Senzatella. i know we've Faded him all season long, but he is on the road at the Diamondbacks. Now, I'm willing to go Kyle Freeland for the two starts, but not Sensatella for the one. And I agree, because I actually looked into his splits, and he's been much better at home this season. He has a sub-three ERA at home, very random, and an ERA over four on the road. That's Antonio Sensatella. Do not start him. Chris Bassett versus the Seattle Mariners. It's not terrible, but it's, it's not something... I'm really going to endorse. How many times have we brought up Danny Duffy as a single star stream this year? It seems like every one of his starts has been a good matchup. Danny Duffy versus the Cardinals. He's, I, I, you know, I have a list of 10 sleeper pitchers every week. He came out 12th. So he's not, he, he didn't make the cut, but he's, he's up there. Danny Duffy is if you're, if you really need a streamer. Frankie Montas versus the Mariners. Hmm. And he's he's missed a little time, hasn't he? I think that's pretty risky. I tend to agree, even as the Montas truther that I am. Alec Mills, fresh off a no-hitter at the Pirates. Well, he's going to start over the weekend, so that might clarify things for us, but that's a good matchup. I mean, if he's awesome this weekend, I think it's a yes, but otherwise I'm going to say no. Chris Bubich versus the Tigers. Actually, really starting to like Chris Bubich and the way the way things are going with Singer too. I mean, Cardinals may have scored with both of those guys. So Chris Bubich is actually six on my list of sleeper pitchers for this upcoming week. Really, really like the way his changeup has started to play up. Brett Anderson versus the Cardinals. You could do worse. It's in the it's in the Chris Bassett class. It's like Brett Anderson, Chris Bassett, and Brad Keller are all like different versions of each other. Yeah, kind of. Especially Anderson and Keller. I mean, I think I think Keller's the best, but you know, Anderson's kind of an older, broken down form, I guess. <laughs> A ringing endorsement for Brett Anderson. Tony <laughs> left-handed. Yeah. Tony Gonsolin versus the Angels. Sure, I'm okay with that. We got to go back to the well for one more. Matthew Boyd at Kansas City. <laughs> He's 11th, so he missed the cut too, but definitely under consideration. Dylan Cease at Cleveland. No. Kwang Hyun Kim at the Brewers. I couldn't blame anybody for starting him, but I still do not trust that profile, and I would, I would reject it. Mitch Keller. At Cleveland. No. And everything comes full circle. Joe Musgrove at Cleveland. You doing it, Scott? He was 13th. Probably not, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's not a wild idea. All right, Scott brought up some of the schedules for this week. Teams with eight games, the Cardinals, the Nationals, the Brewers, and the Rockies against the Cardinals could, I guess, go from 8 to 10 games if they do play a doubleheader the following Monday, and the Tigers could go from 6 to 8 games. So keep that in mind. Uh, teams with 7 games, you mentioned there are 16 of those. I'll quickly run through them. The White Sox, Phillies, Braves, Indians, Blue Jays, Royals, Astros, Rangers, Mariners, Marlins, Giants, Cubs, A's, Pirates, Mets, and Yankees. The teams with five, only the Twins and the Padres. Scott, would you be looking to fade any hitters on those teams? We already spoke about Buxton. Yeah, I would. I would. I'm trying to think if there's any... I mean, obviously, Nelson Cruz is an automatic start. As good as the Twins lineup is purported to be, I'm not sure anyone else is a must in a five-game week. Where, like I said, they're also facing Trevor Bauer. And San Diego, you start Tatis and Machado, obviously, but I don't think anyone else in that lineup is a must. Maybe Will Myers, maybe Trent Grisham. They're on the fringes. It depends how shallow your league is, what your alternatives look like there. But, you know, you'd rather they be playing more games than that. Um, I'm going to get my best and worst matchups. The five worst matchups, since we're talking about bad ones, 
I actually don't have the Padres on this list. There are some others that outshine them. So the Rays I have is the worst matchup. They get the Met, the, the best parts in the Mets and Phillies rotations in six games. The Twins are number two with those five games. Angels, third worst matchups. Reds, fourth worst matchups. White Sox, fifth worst matchups. Uh, the, the best matchups, I have the Astros. The Rockies, even though they're completely on the road. So that's kind of an interesting one. The Cubs, the Indians, and the Yankees. And my favorite sleeper hitter for this week is from one of those five teams. It's Clint Frazier. Yeah, the Bronx Bombers are back. 52% rostered. And uh, that's that's got to change. I'd start him over Byron Buxton this week. I also really like Brandon Belt, who's still only 39% rostered because he's cooled off quite a bit. But seven-game week, all at home where he's actually been better on the road with the way that park's played kind of differently this year. And, um, you know, for as much as he struggled recently, still an OPS over 1,000 on the season. So Brandon Belt severely overlooked. I like Mountcastle as always. I like Alec Bohm as always. Uh, Duvall, he's he's on this list again because Braves have good matchups. Uh, let's see. Braun with the Brewers playing eight games. Hopefully he gets in six or seven of those. He's been hot. Ryan Braun is 48% rostered. Uh, a, a sneaky one, only 28% rostered, and we haven't really talked about him all season, even though there are some interesting things going on with him. And his bad ball profile is Jason Hayward, who is going to be on the road all week. Six right-handers in the seven games. You look at his splits, much better on the road, much better against right-handers this year. His XBA is 323. His ex-slug is 522. Hmm. He's walking a ton. He's hitting more line drives. I think, you know, I'm not going to call Jason Hayward a must-start, obviously, but if you're, if you're having to dig deeper, him being less than 30% rostered, uh, I, think, I think the matchups are right for you to maybe give him a whirl. Yeah, he's interesting for sure. I'm looking at it now. 17% walk rate. He's batting 287. He's got an OBP of 411. Jason Hayward, this is, and 30% line drive rate. That's, I mean, by far the highest of his career. I feel like he did this last year. He got off to a, a really hot start. I was kind of buying in, but then he slowed down. But look, this is somebody who benefits from a shortened season because they don't have enough time to slow down. Hey, Jason Hayward is one of those names. So, yeah, I mean, specifically in Roto Leagues, five outfielders. Less than 30% rostered? Yeah, he's going to be out there. 12-teamers? He might even be available in some you know, 14-team leagues or deeper. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad call. I like it. The power sleeper, if you're just needing home runs, I think, I think it might be a good week to get Bobby Dahlbeck back in your lineup. He hasn't had a good week this week. A lot of strikeouts, as you'd expect. But good matchups for this upcoming week going against the... Uh, what rotations? The Orioles and Braves rotations. And, like, he's not getting Max Freed, you know. <laughs> he's getting <laughs> the bad Braves pitchers. So, yeah, I think I think we could see two or three more long balls for Bobby Dahlbeck. Scott, a name I wanted to ask you about was Willie Castro, who is, I think, also very sneaky. He's only 8% rostered. The problem, he only plays six games, so you're not getting a ton of volume here. But Unless it's eight. Unless it is eight. That is a fair point. Uh, he hit a three-run home run off of Shane Bieber on Thursday, and he's been great. He's batting 347 with a 942 OPS. He is 23 years old. He had a solid minor league campaign in 2019. He has third base and shortstop eligibility. I'm kind of interested in Willie Castro in deeper leagues. Yeah, I I actually included him. Remember, I was talking about those 20 sneaky pickups for Dynasty Leagues. Uh, and the expected stats look solid. He's he's not hitting the ball very hard. The strikeout rate is pretty high. The walk rate is terrible. It looks... And, and he hasn't stolen a base yet. He had some steals in the minors last year. He has not stolen a base yet this year. So even though the expected stats look pretty good, I am not really trusting what he's doing at the plate with those strikeouts, the lack of walks, and not hitting the ball very hard. I think it's possible he he could... 
Like, I, I think he's going to land somewhere on the spectrum of Nico Goodrum to Gene Segura. Like, that's that's who Willie Castro is going to be. And, you know, it's hard to say this early in his career which end of that spectrum he falls on. Um, but he's certainly a hot hand right now if you need a shortstop or third baseman. I mean, you'd have to be a pretty deep league to start him at one of those positions. Maybe you need a middle infielder. I don't know. Uh, but he is, he, he is hot, and the matchups aren't terrible. Again, that is Willie Castro, 8% rostered on CBS. Quickly promote a few things. Thank you to everybody for the recent five-star Apple podcast rating and reviews. We really do appreciate them. And we do have one question. I'll throw this your way, Scott, from AJ Stua, 160-279. 12-team, six-keeper, head-to-head categories. Okay, so there's a lot of names here. Figure this out. We'll write this down. Um, okay, Six keepers, head-to-head categories. A player kept goes in the next round every year, so they move up one round. Would you guys keep Yordan Alvarez in the 13th, Tyler Glasnow in the 14th, Patrick Corbin in the 24th, Cattell Marte in the 21st, DJ LeMahieu in the 22nd, Ramon Laureano in the 15th, Tristan McKenzie in the 14th, Kyle Tucker in the 8th, Chris Sale in the 4th, Zach Gallen in the 7th. So a lot of names there. Did you send me this email? It is... I think it's on the rundown. It's towards the top, Scott. Ah, okay. Thank you. Throw you for a little bit of a loop there. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's no way I'm going to remember those names (laughs) as you're shouting them out. All right, so it was Jordan Alvarez in the 13th, Tyler Glasnow in the 14th, Patrick Corbin in the 24th, Cattell Marte in the 21st, DJ LeMahieu in the 22nd, Ramon Laureano in the 15th, Tristan McKenzie in the 14th, Kyle Tucker in the 8th, Chris Salem in the 4th, Zach Gallen in the 7th, right? Right. Yes. And we need how many of these? Six? Six. Six. I think, okay. I think the first five are a go for me. Jordan in the 13th, Glasnow in the 14th, Corbin in the 24th, Cattell, Marte in the 21st, and LeMahieu in the 22nd. I would agree. So it really comes down to Kyle Tucker in the 8th or Zach Gallen in the 7th. I think, especially considering, well, you do have two pitchers there, but I, I think I'm taking Zach Gallen in the seventh. I'd rather have the pitcher. Oh, really? I, I was yeah. leaning Kyle Tucker, but look, no, I mean, six of your guns. You've been you've been the uh, the proponent of pitching, and I think they're probably going to go in a similar range next year. I think fourth, fifth round. I, I think that's probably where Gallen and Kyle Tucker wind up. Uh, but yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I would probably go Tucker. Scott goes Gallon, so probably trust Scott. He, he's been doing this a lot longer than I have. Some programming notes. Next week is the final week of the year. Not just the season. The final week of the year of 2020. That Fantasy Baseball Today will have five podcasts in a week. After next week, we will go down to two podcasts per week. Uh, lots of season in review. Some early position previews. Mock drafts. And a new addition, something we're going to try to do is... We're going to have some guests on from the fantasy baseball industry, just the baseball industry. So if there's anybody you want to hear on this podcast, feel free to email us, fantasybaseball.cbsi.com. Tweet at us, at roto underscore Frank, at CBS Scott White, or drop another five-star Apple podcast rating and review. Throw some names in there who you might want to hear on the podcast, and I'll try my best to get said person, people, him, her, on this podcast. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Bronx Bombers and rest of Thursday's action. Some studs, some duds, and we have some to stream or not to stream for Friday. We'll do that here, Fantasy Baseball Today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. 
You thought we'd go in-depth with player analysis on Fantasy Baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, Scott, did you hear? <laughs> we got to do this again? Yes. No. Uh, what am I supposed to say? The Yankees. The Yankees are, are very good right now. I, oh, okay. Another interesting stat. They hit five home runs in the fourth inning alone on Thursday night, setting a new franchise record and tying the MLB record. They now have 19 home runs in the past three games. The Bronx Bombers. They is are this, back. Is this is this something like Yankees fans say to each? Is this some kind of like verbal meme or something that I'm missing? No, unless I'm okay. making it one. <laughs> More power to you if you are. Uh, usual suspects on Thursday: Lemayhew and Voit homered again. That's 20 home runs for Luke Voit. The guy is ridiculous. Have to give credit where it's due. John Carlo Stanton. John Carlo. Right. Shout out John Sterling. Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez all hit home runs as well, including a four-hit game for John Carlos Stanton. So you love to see that. And Masahiro Tanaka against the Blue Jays. Scott recommended him as a stream if you had him, and he pitched pretty damn well. Seven innings, seven hits, three earned, zero walks, five strikeouts, nine swinging strikes on 91 pitches for Tanaka. Got that splitter usage back up 25% in this start. Has now allowed three runs or less in seven of eight starts this season for Tanaka next week at Toronto slash Buffalo. How would you feel about starting him there, Scott? I actually am for two starts. Oh, okay. He's a, a recommended option. Very nice. For those two starts at Toronto versus Miami. And um, you, you know what? You kind of need the two starts, I feel like, because this was only his second all season that was six or more. You know, he's been under six a lot. Went seven tonight, so that's great. But, um, you know, for the ERA being 327, that looks good. I I just, he hasn't been that impactful because the hook's been so quick. That is a fair point. He went seven on Thursday, and the other start that he went six was early September. So two of his last four starts, he's gone at least six. The other two, uh, five and five and a third. So keep that in mind with Masahiro Tanaka. Thursday, studs, duds, and somewhere in between. We'll start with the studs. Jose Ramirez went four for four. A double dong now has 13 home runs and 10 steals on the season. He is top three in fantasy points per game and in Roto at the third base position. And the 13 home runs and 10 steals, that is a 43 home run, 33 steal pace over the course of a full season. I think he is a, we did our mock draft. He was, I think, the first pick of the second round. I think he will be in that range, late first, early second round pick. And I think uh, I, I think a very popular strategy for next year, Scott, 2021, will be starting with one pitcher and one hitter. And... I, I think it's a great time to do so, especially if you know if you do go pitcher in the first round. If you take you know one of Bieber, Degrom, Cole, you are still going to get a fantastic hitter in the second round, Scott. I mean, I'm talking Freddie Freeman, uh, maybe a Jose Ramirez in the early second, Francisco Lindor, Nolan Arenado, who I think is probably going to slip to like the mid late second round next year. I, I think it's going to be a great strategy for 2021. You might get a great hitter in the third round if it's if we're talking twelve teams, at least based on the way our mock went. Maybe when, uh, you know, everybody's drafting, it'll play out differently. But we had Nolan Arenado, Bryce Harper slide to the third round, a couple other notable names because we were getting so many pitchers in there. And maybe it won't play out that way. Maybe it'll be the pitchers that slide to round three. But there is no shortage of high end hitting. That's for sure. Shane Bieber was at the Tigers, seven and two thirds, four hits, three earned, two walks, 10 strikeouts, 21 swinging strikes on 118 pitches for Shane Bieber. 
Alex Verdugo mentioned the name the other day. Just very quietly, under the radar, batting 326, 893 OPS, went three for five on Thursday, back-to-back three-hit games again. That is Alex Verdugo. Uh, Rafael Devers went two for four with his 11th home run of the season with uh, three RBI. It's like the slow start never happened. He's batting 293 with an 894 OPS. That's Rafael Devers. Still some struggles with the splits. 938 OPS versus righties, 758 versus lefties, so... Something he's working through, obviously. I don't know that he's ever going to be great against left-handed pitching. Uh, but that, yeah, that's that's a survivable split. I feel like for a left-handed hitter, not not uncommon. Nathan Avaldi was at the Marlins and five shutout, just two hits, seven strikeouts, twelve swinging strikes on just seventy-six pitches. His final start next week versus the Baltimore Orioles, fifty-six percent rostered. Any interest there, Scott? Nathan Avaldi. I like the matchup, and I'm just looking to see what his curveball usage was because I feel like that's been the key to his success this year. He really didn't use it much in this start. Got no whiffs with it. I don't know. He's so hard to figure out. Seems pretty risky. Yeah, he is. Eh, You know, it's Nathan Avaldi. I don't think you want to start him in your fantasy baseball championship. Jose Abreu went two for three with his 17th home run. He's now up to 51 RBI. Just saying. Kenta Maeda at the White Sox, the person who was pitching to Jose Abreu in this start. Five innings, two earned, eight strikeouts, zero walks, has allowed three runs or less in all 10 of his starts. Kenta Maeda, his ERA is down to 2.52. The whip is 0.76. That leads all of baseball. Scott, off the top of your head, Kenta Maeda, where does he go next year? Is top 20? I, like, Does he flirt with like top 15? I actually think he's going to be outside of my top 20. Really? Just given his age and, uh, you know, this is the first time we've seen him be in, anywhere near this good. And even that's come with, you know, some, some unwillingness to let, I think he's gone beyond six innings twice, I think. I know he's gone seven or more twice for as good as he's been. So it, I, I, I think I could come up with twenty pitchers. I'll be more excited to draft than Maeda. I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve top twenty based on his performance. He's obviously been a top twenty pitcher this year. I just think, um, you know, factoring in what we knew about Kinta Maeda previously and, and the kind of track records of some of the pitchers he's going to be competing against for top 20 status. I think he'll be outside it for me, a little outside it. Well, is Blake Snell one of those pitchers that you'll take ahead of Kenta Maeda? He was at the Orioles on Thursday, five and a third, two hits, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts, 11 swinging strikes for Snell in this start on only 73 pitches. The usage has been a little bit weird this season for... Snell, his pinch, his pitch count in his last five starts, 73-103-92-75-101. Yeah, so we, we know he was stretched out because of the, the start over 100, the start over 90. Like, he has a start where he, he's working efficiently, and they still take him out before he gets through six. He has yet to go six innings in a start this season. And... It was an issue for him last year. It was kind of an issue the year he won the Cy Young, even. It's just the, the ERA was so crazy low that, um, you know, it, it's amazing he won the number of games he did that season, given how early he was pulled from so many of those starts. And, and I just I just wonder if this is always going to be the case for him, at least as long as he's with the Rays. If they're always going to handle him with with kid gloves like this, I think he's going to be behind Kintameda and also outside of the top 20 for me. Next year. Hard to argue with that. And I don't know that I would draft him in a points league. Look, everyone has a price, so, you know, if he falls far enough. But so far this season, because of that lack of volume, Blake Snell, he's SP 58 in fantasy points per game. He's SP 30 in Roto, so much better in Roto. Uh, gives you lots of strikeouts. Solid ratios this year, 305 ERA, 115 whip. Again, that is Blake Snell. He might just be a Roto-only play unless he falls to a good enough discount in a head-to-head points league. Framber Valdez is back. He was against the Rangers on Thursday. Six and a third, four hits, one earned, one walk, 11 strikeouts, seven ground ball outs, 15 swinging strikes on 100 pitches. And you think he might have a two-star week next week, Scott? 
Uh, who was that again? Framber Valdez. Yes, it looks like. I mean, that's assuming Urquidy starts Sunday. Then Framber Valdez would be the beneficiary on the on the other end, getting two starts. And yeah, this is a great start. This is a great 15 swinging strikes, tied a season high. Uh, bounced back from a rough two start stretch, although. As I said at the time, the first of those two bad starts, I think it was just because they left him in through into the eighth inning and things kind of unraveled there. So I don't really put that on Framber Valdez. Nonetheless, his ERA had crept up over four. It's now down to 382. It was 258 before those two rough starts. But, you know, obviously those did happen. Still feel really good about Framber Valdez and him being a elite elite ground ball pitcher who nonetheless gets strikeouts at a pretty good rate. That's a recipe for success in today's MLB. Agreed. Framber Valdez has not along the same lines of Dylan Bundy, but he has been a breakout pitcher this year. Not to the same level, but still very, very good uh, for the Houston Astros and for fantasy owners alike. So this guy is not a stud and normally would never be considered one on this segment. But Stephen Brault threw a complete game on Thursday. And again, not a not a doubleheader complete game, seven innings, but nine innings pitched, just two hits, two walks, nine strikeouts, 15 swinging strikes on 110 pitches for Brault. He's 2% rostered. He's going up against the Cubs in the final week of the season. I just, I just got to ask, Scott, because he just had a complete game. Yeah, like I mean, there there's no ev- there was no indicators that this was coming for Brault, really. I, I know he's throwing his changeup a lot more this year, and it was responsible for ten of his fifteen whiffs. But still, it's not like his whiff rate for the year was up to to a level that would make him enticing. Um, it's it's one where I'm going to be curious to read the recap once it comes out to see if there are any insights in there, like I saw with Brady Singer. But I'm I'm not expecting to find much of anything. The Phillies had a home run barrage we mentioned off of Seth Lugo. Bryce Harper had a double dong. He's slowed down a little bit, so it was good to see Bryce get back on track. Alec Bohm had two hits and a home run. He has now hit third or fourth in the lineup for five straight games for the Phillies with no Reese Hoskins. Didi Gregorius hit another home run, his ninth of the season. Did you mention Lourdes Curiel? I did not, but he is worth mentioning for sure. I believe he had a double dong as well. He did have a double dong, and that's four home runs in his past four games. And so, like, he's going to end the year with good numbers. Like, he got off to a real sluggish start. We kind of, we we kind of just really haven't addressed him since then. But now he's batting three hundred eight with ten home runs and nine hundred seven OPS, and some pretty exciting changes to his profile. K rate down quite a bit, line drive rate up quite a bit, a three hundred seven xBA, actually. Um, and, you know, the, the, the line drives have come at the expense of fly balls, but we see it hasn't really impacted his power. So, like, I'm, I'm actually going to be more excited about him next year than I was coming into this year. Yeah, it's a good call. The strikeout rate is down. Last year it was at 25%. This year for Lourdes Gurriel, 18% strikeout rate. He's walking more. You mentioned the OPS where it's at. Very, very solid showing from Gurriel, someone who we didn't, we didn't really know what to expect this season. It's like a top 40-ish outfielder drafted, but uh, yeah, coming through for the Blue Jays, batting right in the middle of that lineup. Scott, some starter sick questions that I'm going to throw your way here. Julio Arias, we didn't really know what to expect going into Coors Field. I would call this a win. Five and two-thirds, three hits, two earned, zero walks, only two strikeouts, but you know, to escape Coors Field with this line, I feel pretty good about that. Next week, he is at home against the Oakland A's. Starter sit Julio Arias. I'd I, honestly, I'd rather sit him because his profile is looking pretty wacky and I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous about him, but I understand you may not really be in a good spot to sit him either. Especially in a points league. If you have him as a spark, mm-hmm. probably want to get him in there. Uh, Griffin Canning was against the Arizona Diamondbacks, five innings, six hits, two runs. Only one of those were earned two walks, seven strikeouts, 13 swinging strikes, on 104 pitches next week for Griffin Canning. He is at the Padres which is pretty gross. Yeah. Get him out of there. Dean Kramer. He was up against the Rays on Thursday. Five innings, one run, six strikeouts, three walks. Don't love that, but strikeouts were here. 13 swinging strikes on 95 pitches, 27% rostered. 
but he's at Boston in the final week. What do you think there? Yeah, actually, <laughs> probably no. I just wanted to do that again. Friday to stream or not to stream, Scott. The must-starts that I have here, Zach Plesak at the Tigers, Zach Gallen. We have a Zach attack here, Zach Gallen and Zach Granke going up against each other. Three different spellings of Zach, too. Please, yeah. Zach Gallon and Granky. That's a great point. Wow. Yeah. Which, which spelling do you prefer of the three? Oh, gosh. You know, my brother's name is Zach. I did not know that. Is and it Zach or Zachary or Zachariah? It's, it's Zach. Zachary. Okay. It's Zachary. And, and Zachary, his official name is spelled with an H, Z-A-C-H. However... We always wrote Zach as Z-A-C-K, but at one point he switched it to Z-A-C-H. And I'm not sure if that was just a short-term thing or if it's, if, or, or, or like if he went back to K or if he didn't. And like, I don't know how to spell my brother's version <laughs> of Zach is what I'm trying to say. So like it's, it's the, the, the Zachs just need to get on the same page, all right? You don't need to... You don't need to bake your personality into the spelling of your name. If it's your official name on your birth certificate, you're just a Zach and it's spelled a certain way. Okay, that's that's fine. But if it's just a shortened version of something else, let's all the Zachs need to get on the same page. This is like Devante in the NFL. <laughs> There's like four different spellings of Devante. It's as as a football writer, it was treacherous in years past. Uh, and just a little side note here on the English English language. Uh, the three different spellings of Zach here. My fiance is Polish, so she tries to like teach me words and like phrases, like writes things down at times. And I mean, it just it looks, it is crazy. But honestly, you know, if someone comes to America and they're trying to figure out English, like just trying to read it, we have so many, so many like silent letters and like different spellings of things. It is very confusing. So that's just a little. Yeah. Something that came to mind. Uh, Tyler Glass, now I have to say, as a must start, he is at the Orioles on Friday. Normally, I would have Kyle Hendricks as a like near must start, but he is going up against the Twins, so I just wanted to ask, Scott, how do you feel about Kyle Hendricks on Friday? I feel fine. Chris Paddock, first start back from injury. He's at the Mariners on Friday. I think you lean toward it. Yeah, that matchup too. A lot of those guys in that lineup have slowed down. Kyle Lewis, Kyle Seager saw today that he's batting. Kyle Seager's All the under. Kyles. Yeah, Kyle Seager under Kyle, 250. The Kyles are on the same page. Yeah, for the, like, come on. Same name, one spelling. K-Y-L-E, let's do it. Uh, Rich Hill at the Cubs. Uh, very borderline, but I'd lean yes. I agree. The Cubs have actually struggled against left-handed pitching this season. Martin Perez versus the Yankees. No. It's hard to trust anybody against the Yankees right now. Trevor no, Williams. It is. Uh, Trevor Williams against the Cardinals? Uh, no. Carlos Martinez at the Pirates? No. Mm, okay. Chad Cool against the Cardinals? That's a, They have a doubleheader tomorrow. I don't think so. Robbie Ray versus the Phillies? No. Jonathan, I looked. I tried to find this phonetic spelling for this gentleman's name. I couldn't find it. Jonathan Stever, I'm going to go with. He is a White Sox prospect. He's at the Reds. Yeah, phonetic. That's what it looks like phonetically. Um, I would say no. Danny Duffy at the Brewers. Uh, that's that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay just, I can't. I can never get that much behind Danny Duffy, but he keeps having these great matchups, and he's been he's been okay. Adrian Hauser versus the Royals. And now. No, 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 no. Jaime Berea versus the Rangers? Nope. Berea, he's actually been kind of good, but it is risky. You say Kikuchi versus the Padres? You may say Kikuchi. <laughs> I say no way. No way. And Chris Bassett versus the Giants? Uh, I mean, considering the Giants have actually hit pretty well this year, I'm going to steer clear of that. I don't really have much faith in Bassett. But potentially no Yastrzemski in the lineup, Scott. That helps. It does. Look, there are definitely worse choices on this list, but I'd, I'd still lean no, no on Bassett. I will say that if you are desperate and you're trying to get some help in the ratios, if Yastrzemski is out of the lineup, I will start Chris Bassett 
against the Giants. All right, he is Scott White. I am Frank Stample. Good luck to everybody this weekend. I hope that you are back next week for Championship Week. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today on our YouTube channel. We'll be back again on Monday. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.